not sure exactly who's taking the lead here, but uh, why don't we start off with just a little introduction about ourselves. C.D. Johnson, currently working at the British School of Ulaanbaatar. I'm the athletic director. I do wear many hats, so I have ECAs as well, or the after-school activities, head of a department of PE, art, music, Chinese, ICT, basically all the misfit toys. And then most of my day is actually spent teaching chemistry at the uh, high school, at the IGCSE level. So I do teach some PE, some science. Last year, I had a little bit of math. So I stay quite busy. Originally from the U.S., but been in Mongolia for coming up on a decade. So uh, it's, been, it's been good, though. Yeah, we'll go next. Sorry. Okay. So Jeff, Jeff Copes from the International School of Ulaanbaatar, not far from where Sidi is. This is my fifth year in Mongolia. Before that, I worked in China, so uh, I know how to work over there. Uh, been overseas for eight years, originally from the Netherlands, took a gamble and uh, ended up overseas. Athletics director over here, also run the activities program. Uh, I don't teach, which is, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky with that, uh, but I host most events here in Ulaanbaatar, so busy with other stuff. Very happy to be here with you guys today to share our experiences with each other. So, Simon. Yeah, thank you very much, gentlemen. Um, so, yeah, si Simon here representing the uh, Sporting Directions uh, team, made up of three of us who will introduce themselves in a moment. I'm originally from the UK. I've been overseas very short time compared to you two gentlemen, only two years. I'm currently teaching uh, just outside Shanghai in a little school called Nord Anglia School Studio. And, and again, like yourselves, I'm an athletics director, or as we call it here, a director of sport, wearing many hats, a bit like CD. You know, I'm also the ETA, ASA, CCA coordinator, the Duke of Edinburgh coordinator, the head of house, and anything else he would like me to do uh, as we're slowly growing, as you know, it's like in any, any, any small school growing. Definitely, definitely. Hey guys, I'm uh, Tavis Roberts. I'm originally from Australia. I'm over here in Suzhou at the Perth School and I am the athletics director and ECA and lunchtime coordinator. I've been on the international circuit for a little while. I first left Australia in 2006. And from there, I've had time in uh, England, Dubai, uh, Thailand, back to Australia, and finally in China. I've been in China for about eight years now. Hey guys, morning. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, my name's Gavin Taylor. I'm the founding director of sport here at Harrow International School, uh, Shenzhen. Just like you guys, many different hats, um, LSAs, sports, uh, anything to do with academia, all the way through from EYC all the way up to um, IGCSE. My sixth year abroad, so I did four years in uh, an IB school in GEMS, leading the house system over there. Uh, I was also HOD as well. So um, thanks, guys. I mean, what we'll do for, for, from our point of view is kind of introduce ourselves in terms of, as Simon said, the team. So um, we've set up a podcast we're calling Sporting Directions. The idea is to hopefully showcase the variety of sports-based careers that we can offer in the world and hopefully support some youngsters and um, young uh, professionals out there thinking about how they can get involved in sport. As we know, there's loads of different sporting careers out there. So hopefully we're trying to reach out to groups of different people and show them that there are different routes into sport and also show them that there's different careers and different ways that we can get in there. Thanks to the uh, Athletics for Life team for spending some time with us this morning. Jeffrey, can you just tell us a little bit about, you said you're from the Netherlands. Why don't you talk just a little bit about your journey, buddy? Tell me a little bit more about how you got to where you are today. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, where? how did I get it? Ended up here. Uh, long story short, I played sports my whole life when I was a kid. You know, it was a way for me to cope with all the stresses of being young. And uh, it was not easy 
actually, I didn't speak a word of English till I was 17 years old, actually, to be honest. Learned it late. I was working in the Netherlands at an uh, IB school where I started teaching PE, actually, in English. Uh, I got all my training in that and it got better and better. And uh, in 2013, I was like, you know what? This is a job fair in, in London and I'm just going. Just put up a suit and tie, went over there. I ended up in a job in China. And I still think that I got the job by showing up at the conference at 4 a.m. And the director of the school came out of the elevator to go for a run. And he saw me there and he's like, what are you doing here? I said, I'm here for a job fair. He's like, what? what are you looking for? I said, well, PE or AD or actually I didn't really know what the AD role was back then. He said, okay, cool. I'm going for a run. I'll see you later. And actually he came to me a few hours later and he wanted to interview me. And I asked him why, well, you have all the credentials, but you were show- but you showed up at 4am. I've never seen that. And I was like, okay. And then I got a job an hour later, everybody back home thought I was crazy. Um, you know, why are you going to China? Stay home. It's nice and cozy here. You know, I'm from a very small town of course, we speak English, but it's very local. So it was a big step for me. But yeah, I took the gamble and it worked out pretty well, actually. And I played sports, uh, my main sport, soccer, of course, being from Netherlands, but also tug of war, uh, rope pulling, which is uh, not very known, but uh, I competed. Actually, the Netherlands is really good at it, being world champions. Um, it's very, it's, a, it's one of the best team sports there actually is, because once you're on the rope, if one person stops, the whole team is done. Um, so I love it. Yeah, and now I'm just keeping fit, keeping healthy, uh, working in Mongolia and uh, doing podcasts on the weekends. So uh, that's kind of my life right now. And uh, yeah, so thanks for asking. CD, how about you, mate? Yeah, so I, uh, I grew up in the States where sporting culture is huge. I mean, sports basically dominate the high school culture. I was not your typical uh, athlete. I wasn't good with anything involving a ball, you know, basketball, soccer in the States. American football, you know, to throw and catch was just completely outside my element. So I was a a track star, cross country runner, got into wrestling, got my butt kicked for quite a while. And I had my my mindset on being a veterinarian. I was also really smart. So I was kind of a mix of being athletic and a nerd. So I was like, okay, being a veterinarian, I'm smart. I love science. I love animals. That's the job for me. I know it. So I job shadowed at a vet and we spent the entire day spaying and neutering cats and dogs. And it was just like, oh, it's not really like helping these poor defenseless animals. It's just a basic around uh, round robin of new dog, spay it, new dog, neuter it just over and over. And it wasn't for me. So I had to kind of figure out, okay, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? And I've, I've been blessed with just great coaches, great teachers. And so I, I okay, I'll, I'll just be a teacher. To be a teacher, you know, most places don't really care where your degree's from. It's not a, a hyper competitive field like a business or a, you know, a finance degree where you'd want to go to some top university. So it kind of gave me the freedom to go to some smaller schools. Found a small school in Southwest Minnesota that needed somebody at my weight class for wrestling. Went there, wrestled for five years, had a lot of success started teaching, basically got a couple jobs from people I knew, connections, uh, my reputation in Minnesota, uh, was able to coach, was able to teach great schools. I, I really do enjoy or did enjoy those schools I was at, but they were in rural Minnesota. So really, really small towns. I, I was a young single guy. And for a young single guy, there's not a whole lot of adventure in a town of a thousand people. 
So I started to get that itch of like, okay, I need something bigger. Let's do something crazy. And at the time I thought teaching in like Minneapolis, Minnesota would be so crazy. And then it was actually a friend of mine who had said she'd always thought about teaching English in Korea, which just was completely mind blowing for me. I didn't realize that this was even an opportunity or this was a, a thing. And so I, I got on the old Google machine and started looking uh, and then just sent out applications to the farthest corners of the world that I could. You know, I didn't want to go to a place like Australia or the UK or um, even, you know, Western Europe, because I thought it'd be too easy to fit in as an American. So I sent my application to, you know, the Middle East, to places all over Asia. Mongolia interviewed me. I thought, yeah, that's about as far away as I can go. It's the, the last destination uh, in terms of airports and stuff. So uh, yeah, I came here. I taught at the American school for seven years as a science teacher, always coaching. And then as fate would have it, the athletic director had to leave partway through a year. And I got to step in in that role as the athletic director. And then so for the last, I think, four or five years, I've been acting as an athletic director, still teaching a little bit of science now and then teaching a little bit of PE. So it's been great. But yeah, pretty crazy journey. Uh, so here I am. Nice. Thanks for sharing with that, buddy. Tavis, just out of interest, because I think both CJ and uh, Jeffrey have shared their stories about getting out and teaching abroad and, and leaving their, their respective home countries. And obviously that's happened to all of us. But I'm just kind of, I'd love to hear your story, Tavis. The reason why I say that is that obviously we're all PE teachers. So, you know, we're obviously trying to target our podcast to, to different groups of people uh, who are looking at different sporting avenues. Um, but what's really interesting about this kind of roundtable discussion is that, yes, we're all PE teachers, but we all kind of took a mini gamble. We all kind of went, oh, do you know what? I'm going to take this gamble. You know, Jeffrey there was, was talking a little bit about kind of his story and, and the gamble that he took and, and obviously the, the, the journey there. And obviously, CD, yours is completely different. Um, you know, you, you, you went on Google and you, you thought, why not? Um, you know, Jeffrey, you talked about, oh, yeah, do you know what? I went to a careers fair and thought, let's see what happens. And you got, you know, completely put into a lift with a guy at 4am, you know? So Tavis, how did you, how did you, what's your story from Australia? How did you get abroad? Just so the listeners can hear a little bit about, you know, it doesn't matter what potential sporting background or sporting role that you, you're looking at, but there's definitely opportunities to teach away from your host nation. So my story was I went from university, uh, and my lecturers had always said, if you want to get a job, you have to uh, go someplace else. So where I was living, where I went to university was in a high demand sort of area. And so they always said, if you want to get back to that area or where you want to go, you have to go someplace else. And I ended up going inwards. I went into the middle of Australia. It was about 14, 15 hours drive away from my university. And I spent three years there. At that time, one of my friends was planning on going to England and I'd never even thought about it. It was him. We were good friends over in that university. He got me my first job as a swim coach and he says, I'm going to uh, London. I'm going to go teach. You want to come? And I'm like, okay, I'll finish up my contract and I'll see you there. He went up to Newcastle. He got himself a job. Everything was set up. All I had to do was drop my bags, get a job at the school and stuff. No problems. Funny story is that uh, a week before I arrived, he calls me up. He's like, Tav, I'm moving. He's like, I'm like, where are you moving to? He's gone, I'm moving to Moscow. I'm like, I can't move to Moscow, man. I don't. And so I, I arrived in London a week later without knowing anybody. 
And uh, I found uh, a couch that I could stay on through a friend of a friend sort of thing. Stayed there for a week. And yeah, from there, I just had to find my feet. Strange thing is, like, when I went over to London, there was no LinkedIn. Like, there wasn't this sort of network or connections that you can sort of tap into now. On LinkedIn, you can find somebody in a location or a friend of a friend uh, to build your network. But when I first started, it was, you had to put in the hard yards, you had to go to places or apply directly to the schools. It wasn't as easy as it was today. Nice, man, nice. I mean, again, a different story, a different kind of, you went abroad. No, you had an opportunity, you, 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 didn't, you didn't get scared. And you thought, you know what, I'm gonna give it, give it a go. Uh, Simon, I know you worked at a really good school um, for a long time, you obviously did really well in your career. Had lots going on in, on, in sort of the, the side in terms of your rugby and, and some of the other um, companies you were working for. So what made you decide to go, do you know what? I've had enough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a, a, a move abroad. Yeah, um, thanks for that, Gavin. And, and before I, I start talking about my story, which I think you're right, is, is just slightly different to the others we've heard is, I know we're all coming from very different parts of the world. We're all coming with very, very different stories, but I've just been taking some notes down as we've been chatting and, and the same theme keeps coming up. We all took the gamble, but more importantly is when we took the gamble, we showed up, we showed up prepared. We're networking is key. We all go the extra mile and that's how we've, I think we've all ended up where we are. We, you know, if you want to get somewhere, you need to prepare, be prepared to put the hard work in. You need to be prepared to put the hard graft in. Nothing comes for free. And uh, my story. Um, so a little bit of background is uh, I, I played a bit of rugby. <laughs> I did a bit of martial arts. So I, I was quite fortunate to be uh, the, the British judo champion uh, at a young age, um, under 12 and under 13 level. Um, unfortunately, I got bored. Um, so I moved on to my next challenge and I discovered rugby. Uh, and I was very fortunate enough to play alongside some amazing uh, individuals that went on to become fully internationals uh, and professional players. I, I played for a, a professional club, Northampton Saints, and I was fortunate enough to, to, to play with England training squads. But again, I got bored. I, I, wanted, I wanted something else. I felt empty. So I, I, I moved into uh, mixed martial arts and I started doing uh, Muay Thai and uh, BJJ and uh, again, went back to judo and again, I got bored. But all, of, all the way through all of this, I was, I was finding that it wasn't boredom per se. It was more, I, I felt empty, something was missing. And I went through university not knowing what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to be involved in sport. And the best advice I ever got was from my father, who is, who is by the way, my hero. I think all of us maybe got similar advice or have developed this advice in our own way, which is do what you love, love what you do, and the rest will come. And that's what I've lived my life by. Do, do what I love, love what I do. And work hard and that then led to me uh, going into uh, teaching and I fell in love with it and I haven't got bored yet I am um, I, I, I keep it, it's one of those jobs where no one day is the same every day is different yes your timetable is the same but there's the children are different and the children will come with different attitudes the children will come with different stories and and that connection you you have with with the children and helping them through their learning journey is is something that cannot be matched, in my opinion. And that's what I, I feed off. I, I feed off seeing these, these students uh, progress and, and become something amazing. And 
I think we all, we, we've all had that light bulb moment where we've seen the child that's very resistive to sport, doesn't like sport, has had a bad experience with sport somewhere else. But then after a short period of time with, with you or with your teams, they love it. And they run to PE. They walk and they dawdle to maths and science. Sorry, CD. But they run to PE because they're desperate to, to, to do that lesson. And when they hear that you're their teacher, they cheer or they, they, they can't wait to, to get, or they're having races in the changing rooms to see who can change quick, the quickest. That's, that's something that can't be measured. That's something that, in my opinion, can't be matched with working in an office nine to five or, or, or being a lawyer or being a, um, an engineer. I'm sure other people love that job, but you know I, I love my part. Back to why I moved away from the UK. So I taught in a very, very a good school. It was an outstanding school for many years oversubscribed school in Cambridge. I mean, Cambridge is well known for education. We produced some fantastic sports teams which were competing um, at the highest level. Uh, we, we went through several uh, un undefeated seasons in rugby and, um, and hockey and netball and, uh, and, and it was great. Um, life, life, life was good. Um, we were winning award after award, um, AFP awards, uh, uh, I was very fortunate to be given a, a Teacher of the Year award through AFP. Um, I was very fortunate to lead um, my passion, which was sports leadership. Um, and we, we attained uh, numerous uh, accolades in that. Um, but the reason I left was not actually professional. It was personal. Um, I have a wife and two wonderful children. And my wife is a, is a, is a, was an NHS nurse. Um, and I don't know if you know much about nursing, but they work a lot of night shifts. Uh, and, and when you find that you, you haven't said more than two words to your wife in, 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 a, in a month, because your, your only contact is, here's the children, it's your turn, uh, swap. Um, you, you realize that you're missing balance. And I think that's key to all of our lives, balance. It's great to have a fantastic career. And I, I advise anyone listening to this, if you've got a fantastic career and you've got a fantastic job, well done. And I'm sure that's come from hard work. But if your, your, your personal life isn't in balance with your, your professional life, then maybe it's time to take a gamble. Maybe it's time to look for something new. And, and that's exactly what we did. We, we went to uh, a jobs fair, uh, the Test Jobs Fair in London. Um, got a suit and tie on. Um, and I will always say, always go dress smart, dress to impress, first impressions count. Uh, I remember walking around that room with people in shorts, flip-flops and t-shirts, thinking, how are you ever gonna get a job? I had beads of sweat coming down my face because it was a very hot environment, a uh, very hot part of the year. But um, I was very fortunate to, to, to find a job, an AD job here in China. And we were very excited. And then COVID hit and all the flights got cancelled. And, and it, was a, it was a very, very stressful, very worrying time. We, we'd already left our jobs in the UK and we, we, we were waiting for a flight and permission to enter China. So for about two months, we lived with my parents, which is um, a difficult situation to be in when you, when, you, when you left at the age of 18 and you hadn't been back since. But we finally got a flight. We, we got to, to, to China and, and we haven't looked back. Shanghai was a fantastic place to be for our initial year. An opportunity arose to join the great North Anglia workforce. Um, and we had a very good relationship with the head teacher here. 
Um, and, and the rest is history. I'm hit with all these new challenges. And you know what? I'm not bored. I've got a great work-life balance. Uh, and now uh, I get the pleasure of working with Tavis and Gavin uh, to share our experiences and, and to hopefully get the next generation motivated to move forward. Now, I do understand that Gavin's taken very much a lead on this trail of conversation, but I am also very interested in Gavin's story because, again, Gavin comes from the UK just like myself, but I know that his story is very different to mine. So, so Gavin, can you enlighten us into, into your story, how you ended up where you ended up? Mine is a little bit similar to, to, to Jeffrey's, if you like, in terms of right place, right time, I guess. I went to Liverpool, John Moore's University. I did a four-year QTS degree where what was really good about my degree, and I really enjoyed Liverpool as a city, was that every year we were put on teaching placements and they increased in length. So first week, first year was six weeks, then it was eight weeks, and final year was was a was a full term. So it was from September until sort of January, February, and really enjoyed it. Um, big football school, uh, big football fan, kind of was my was my passion. So really enjoyed the school, all boys. Um, I was obviously a bit younger then. Uh, so, you know, it was great. I really connected with them and they really liked me and, and, and created a job for me to stay. So, which is obviously very flattering. I loved it and I absolutely bit the hand off. So I stayed for a year and then in my second year, I got offered a school sports coordinator role. So back in those days, it was quite a big thing about trying to promote sport in, in, in different schools. So I had um, uh, three sort of special needs schools that I worked with. A, 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 a sort of a, a standard, a, a primary school, and then and then a Prue, which was which was really cool. Prue's where students go where they're uh, expelled or, or having a bit of a tough time. So really enjoyed that. I, I set up my own football academy there and and, and worked alongside Everton and, and things like that, which was wonderful. And had students work in the community and stuff. Uh, became deputy head of year, so I went down to some pastoral sides of things, and then when. After sort of three years, I wanted a new challenge and I moved uh, a bit closer to home. Uh, I had a boys PE, did three years there, really enjoyed it. Uh, different experience, rural school, so um, obviously mixed. Uh, completely different, sort of a village school that wasn't in a big city. And then a little bit like, a little bit like Jeffrey in terms of the, the opportunity. So I, I, I'd had an itch to, to move abroad. I'd done Camp America when I was 19, which I'm sure at some point in a, in a, in a, in a podcast Far, far away, we'll talk about the incredible opportunities for Camp America that I would certainly recommend for, for everyone involved in sport or interested in doing sport, regardless of the, of the career path you wanted to go. And I had an itch and a bit like you, Jeffrey, I, I flew to Dubai, it was where I wanted to go. Uh, a friend who I worked with, her daughter worked in a school, um, sent a couple of emails, asked to meet the head. The head walked me around, the head grew up around 15 minutes from the, where I used to live. So he knew all these people I knew and a new head teachers that I'd been working with. And um, and then, yeah, kind of right place, right time, interviewed on the day, off of the position, um, and then turned up and they needed someone to lead the house system, created from scratch, which was wonderful, gave me a project. Uh, after my second year, then became head of department, did three years there, and then I uh, wanted a new challenge again, so I had the opportunity to, I always wanted to work in a new school and, and stamp my own authority on things and um, blank piece of paper and, and things like that. So obviously then had an opportunity to, to, to come and, and work here in China and for, for Harrow, which has been great. Two years have been incredible experience, completely um, developed me and helped me develop as a, as a leader, as a teacher and, and things like that. And obviously then you, you look at other things and that's one of the reasons why 
you know, our rationale behind the sports direction, sporting directions podcast, sorry, to try and pass on others. So, Jeffrey, I'd love to know, just going back to that, what inspired you guys to set up the uh, Athletics for Life podcast? Yeah, should I start, CD? Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of the things that you guys are talking about, I had the same, uh, the word board, Simon, I, I had the same. I did tons of sports uh, when, I, when I was younger. And I think CD and I got a little bit, not bored, but in Mongolia, it's pretty isolated over here. We talk to each other a lot professionally and there's not much else in here and we were like why don't we just start a podcast we always wanted to do something and let's let's get it happening you know and it's not easy to start with uh i remember the first time we started i was so nervous man i'm still nervous for every podcast to be honest because i have to talk in a language it's not my native language right so it's always it's always difficult for me but we just want to learn from other people we want to give people a platform to share their experiences share their story and learn from that so that anybody, ADs, PE teachers, students can learn something from that. It's a hard work, to be honest, running a podcast. It's a lot of extra hours. You know, uh, we are very lucky to have an editor. So that's amazing. I have to mention him, Scott Lillis. Um, he's amazing. So I just send him all the raw footage and he makes everything look awesome. And uh, we've had some amazing guests. CD, would you want to talk a little bit more about the guests and the podcast? Yeah, yeah. Jeff came to me and with this idea to start the podcast, he had been listening to uh, the Globetrotting ADs. They had started theirs a year, year and a half before us, something like that. They had put out a bunch of episodes and, and said, hey, these guys are doing something that's really cool. You know, I think we could do that, too, for our little corner of the world. And then we were like, OK, uh, what who should our audience be? Who are we talking to? And we've kind of kept it pretty broad. You know, we started out thinking, let's talk to parents and uh, athletes and ADs. And we kind of had this little drawing on a piece of paper of connecting those three um, to try to promote education-based athletics or kind of the idea that you learn lessons through sports. Uh, and that's where we came up with our, with our title, Athletics for Life. And that's kind of given us our guiding light forward and just exploring how do we how do we build those lessons into our programs so that way when students leave, they, they take with them those values. And so we like to bring on alumni, former athletes from our schools or you know, from our conference and just talk to them. What was your experience like? What do you remember? Um, how is that helping you now? Those sort of questions and those sort of conversations. And then this year, this season, we've been really focused on athletic directors around Asia and just picking their brains about, you know, what do you do in your program that makes your program special? So that way, the idea is that if we can get those ideas out there, one, it's going to benefit our program. So selfishly, you know, we can, oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that. But also sharing them with, you know, like Simon said, he, I don't know if it was recording or before we started recording that he, he listens in the gym. And so, you know, hopefully he's been able to take more than a thing or two away from us that just ideas, you know, they're not going to work perfectly, but you can shape them and form them to uh, your own school or your own situation. So that's kind of been where we've taken our show and uh, the goal is the driving force between our podcast. I'm curious, though, for you guys, uh, you know, I teach PE, I teach science, and I always have conversations with my kids about how, you know, you might not take PE seriously, but of any subject, this is the one that's probably going to stick with you for the rest of your life. You know, eventually you're going to go to the gym, eventually you're going to want to lose some weight, you're going to want to be more active. And I'm giving you those skills in PE class. Um, 
So I, I try to approach PE like, okay, I'm giving you, I'm teaching you something that you're going to take with you for the rest of your life where you guys with your podcast is similar, but you're going, I want you to get a career in this field. Um, so if you don't mind, can you guys talk a little bit more about uh, the goals and the purpose of your show and how you're, you're promoting that to your students or potentially students worldwide? Don't mind. I'm, I'm happy to take or start this one off. Um, one thing I do want to just pick on quickly, the similarities um, in what we do and what you do, it, it comes back to that. I think that comes back. And, and this is a word that, that, that Tavis and, and Gavin know I, I talk about an awful lot. It's that growth mindset. Um, finding that opportunities where, where others haven't even dared to look, you know, and, and continually wanting to be better, continually wanting to make others better. And, and I, I will say that I think, you know, for anyone wanting to start a podcast or anyone wanting to go into education, I think you, you do certainly need to have a growth mindset, wanting to continually be better, wanting to make others better. Um, Gareth Tavis, do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what's, what's great is, you know, some of the things that, that you guys said there, um, CD and Jeff, is about how you, you sat down and kind of came up with these connections of how do we connect parents, teachers and students together? And that's where you kind of, the idea, the idea blossomed from. Um, it was similar to us in terms of the way we sat down. We didn't quite have that sort of connection in terms of the three that you had, but it was a case of going, well, what, what's the rationale? What's, what's the purpose of setting one? And I think we all kind of came to the, the same conclusion really was that, you know, the, the amount of times that you speak to a student and they'll, you'll say, what do you want to do when you're older? And they'll go, don't know. And you go, okay, um, have you got any ideas? No, but I like sport. And you find yourself going, okay. And then when you kind of dig a little bit deeper, the, the response is, well, I could be a PE teacher. Okay. What else? I uh, don't know. There seems to be the kind of universal answer is all you can do from sport is be a PE teacher. And, uh, and I, I think what we wanted to do was kind of showcase that and say, well, no, actually, there's a million and one jobs out there involved in sport. And there's a million and one stories to tell. Um, and that's kind of where our connection came from. It's how can we connect students to the fact that there are a, a huge amount of sporting um, options and opportunities out there. And B, there's so many people that have got to these different positions in different ways. Um, and, you know, that's kind of evolved a little bit. And we also spent a little bit of time, I kind of want to mention a little bit before I pass on to Tavis here, is we talked a little bit about a kind of secondary focus of, uh, of girls in sport, females. So I'm sure we're all kind of in agreement in, in our respective roles that, you know, female sport is something that has improved hugely over the last 10 years or so, but it's still something that there's perhaps a stigma behind it, or perhaps there's not enough opportunities or maybe role models out there, but there are role models out there, as I'm sure all of us know. So we also really want to try and make sure that our podcast caters for, for, for young for young ladies of the world as well. And, 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 that, and I'm sure you guys do the same in terms of your athletics for life. There's, there's some wonderful female ADs out there that we all know of and or hugely respect as well. So, that was kind of something that we wanted to make sure that we covered and, and we're going to have plenty of female guests uh, as well. So, Tavis, can you remember how we did kind of come to that? Was there anything I've missed off there? When we had those kind of, um, I remember it being a good couple of hours of a conversation. You know, is there anything that I've missed off where you think, yeah, we also talked about this and we also wanted to make sure we emphasise this and 
in terms of mission statements and things like that? I think we did talk a lot about how there is a limited knowledge given to students either by career pathways or secondhand knowledge from friends or friends or the internet of how to have a career in sport. And this means that students and parents themselves probably don't think that there's a lot of opportunities related in the sports industry. That once you become good at sports, you've only got one sort of career path. And so that's something that we wanted to change. Like, and like you guys, we care about the students' health. We want them to you know, develop healthy habits and get a skill set that they can enjoy for the rest of their life. And so if we can find ways for more students to find more opportunities within sport, we're also encouraging them to be healthy throughout their life. And I think it's a really good aim or mission to have because like if you look at some of the numbers that are getting thrown around the world at the moment with like obesity and numbers okay like two out of three people are becoming obese as teenagers or people are having uh, increased sedentary time meaning that they have seven hours six hours in front of a screen these are not sort of healthy lifestyle habits and so if we can give students opportunities within a sport and develop a uh, healthy lifestyle habit, then I think our aim is going to be uh, one like ourselves to give direction for the students and one like your podcast to say, um, if you can take up sport, you can also become healthier throughout your life. I think, um, I think w one thing that's, that's definitely come out of lockdown um, and all of the COVID uh, restrictions we've had is is we have had a large number of, of students or next generation that have um, not been as active as they would have been had schools been open, the opportunities, um, the restrictions. And I, I think in part, you know, like yourselves, we're all looking to hopefully, you know, come up with solutions to how we can get back to, to being active, get these students back to, um, you know, being involved in sport, loving sport. And I think, whereas yourselves, you know, you're tackling it from a very good point, which is we're looking to upskill ADs, upskill individuals already in those positions. We're coming at it from a slightly different uh, perspective. We're looking at trying to maybe motivate and inspire those students who, I mean, majority of being out of formal or normalized education for nearly two years, if not more. And those students who still love sport haven't been involved in sport for, again, nearly or, or, or formalized, organized sport for nearly two years. So we are going to find that there's going to be this, this dip and we, we want to do whatever we can as a group to kind of overcome that dip um, and show to everyone that, you know, that there are opportunities. I mean, I think um, uh, Tavis said it really, really, you know, uh, Tavis and Gavin have both said it really, really well. We, we, we want to show everyone that sport is for everyone, regardless of culture, gender, you know, uh, background. We, we want to show everyone that sport is for everyone. But more importantly, you don't have to become a professional sportsman to be involved in sport. You don't have to become a PE teacher to be involved in professional sport. You can be so many other things. And as we've had some of these conversations with our guests, we've actually discovered that there are a number of people who have already gone into those careers, professional sport or, or PE teaching or uh, coaching. And they've actually changed their minds or, or once they're in those professions, they've found that they, they, they want to expand, go somewhere else or 
They've discovered from networking or being in that industry that the industry is far bigger than they ever thought. And some of the stories that have been shared with us are, are really inspiring about how professional sportsmen have made that transition into a career in sport, but in a different way. How we found that PE, some PE teachers or ADs have discovered other facets of, of the industry and made that transition. Taking the skills they've learned from professional sport, the skills they've learned from teaching into other, um, other careers. And then going back to the students, like you, I think PE is the greatest subject these students will ever do. I'm a little biased being an AD, but I dare any other subject to tell me that they can consistently teach children the characteristics, the attributes that they need to go forward in life and be successful. What other subject can teach you leadership, resilience, respect, resourcefulness in every single lesson? And those are the, as we know, those are the, the, the employability skills. Those are the skills that are going to see these uh, individuals, these students, this next generation go on and succeed in whatever it is they choose to do, whether it be in the sports industry or not. Almost oh, definitely. Like, uh, you know, I mentioned and you kind of give me hard time about it and how kids drudging their way to science, but I teach chemistry and it's so true. You know, a handful of those kids understand it and are interested in it and might pursue a career in science. But for 75% of the kids in my chemistry class, they don't need to know the uh, contact process and how to create hydrosulfuric acid. They got to know it for the test, but that's not something that they're going to put on their CV or, you know, it's not necessarily going to help them um, 10 years from now. Uh, I wanted to pick up kind of where you uh, where you're going, Simon, um, in terms of kind of identifying jobs and identifying careers related to sports. Um, you know, we all have our own background in sports, uh, whether it's competing at a high level or, you know, coaching. And like, just think back to some of those tournaments and some of those events and how many people it takes to pull off those events, especially at the highest level, at, you know, professional or semi-professional, um, you know, even something as, as simple or as unnoticed as the grounds, you know, like pro a professional groundskeeper at a golf course would be a great career for somebody who loves golf and wants to get their hands dirty and, you know, wants to ride around on the lawnmower for, for hours on end. You know, it might not be for everybody, but um, I can remember as a kid, I mowed lawns and there was no other, no better feeling than just, all right, I'm just going to be on this mower for a couple hours, got my headphones in. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a career. Um, all of us have had probably injuries at some point. We've needed to go see the, uh, the physiotherapist and get our ankle taped up. And, you know, if you're somebody who maybe likes my science classes and likes my PE classes, that might be a career path for you. Um, you know, looking at kind of a more medicine field, but instead of being, you know, a formal doctor in, a, in the hospital, you're a physiotherapist dealing with injuries and athletic injuries. Um, Tavis, you mentioned obesity and all those stats um, with people that are overweight or being sedentary. Uh, the fitness industry is combating that. So if you, if you are passionate about, you know, maybe being a teacher, but teaching formal education is not for you. You know, if being a physical trainer or a nutritionist uh, to try to combat some of those things. I mean, I think you guys are, are doing a great thing and there's so many avenues um, 
to explore for, for yourselves as far as guests go, but for any of uh, your or our students that might be listening, like it, there's so much more to sports than just being the professional athlete or being the coach. Um, so yeah, I think what you guys are doing is just, just phenomenal. And, uh, it, you know, you've got a lot of, uh, a lot of guests before you'll run out. I'm sure. Yeah, we really appreciate that, buddy. Um, and like, and the thing as well, we were chatting about this the other day, actually, to kind of jump on that as well, not to, not just about our podcast, but obviously yours as well, in terms of the, the, the things that you're talking about with ADs and, and, and the stuff that you're doing, there's jobs that are kind of creating as, as the world progresses. I mean, I remember um, when I was very fortunate to, to be involved in, uh, at Everton Football Club, you know, things like sports analysts, you know, sports data collection, that wasn't around 10 years ago, you know, 15 years ago. Now all the footballers are wearing, you know, heart rate monitors and, and they're able to track where they run and heat maps and, all this stuff and, and you know sport punditry is another one where you 15 years ago you know you, you wouldn't you wouldn't really care what you turn up to a football match or a, or a volleyball match or a rugby match simon or whatever and you just go oh well i've watched the game you'd go with your friends you'd sit and have some food after the match you'd have a chat about it you didn't really care what anybody else thinks now you know you, you listen to videos podcasts and things like that of, of experts talking about it so what's exciting is that there's also new jobs kind of being being created as, as we go through. I kind of want to ask you, either you, CD, or Jeffrey, either, either one, because again, I think um, Simon's points were, were great about some of the skills that you develop as a, as a you know, in, into adulthood and sport helps do that. You know, one he talked about was resilience and, and growth mindset. I kind of want to be a little bit blunt with you both, if you don't mind, and you can you can tell me to, to, to sod off if you like, but I'm sure... If, if I was 14, 15, sitting and listening to the podcast, listening to your stories about how you both went to somewhere, Tavis is similar to you. What made you get on the plane? What, what made you go, do you know what? I'm moving to Mongolia. You know, USA is an incredible country, as you said to yourself. You know, you're going out of your comfort zone. What skills did you have or where did you learn those skills to go, yeah, I have got the... The, the cojones, if you like, to do it. And obviously, Jeffrey, same as yourself, you know, leaving the Netherlands. And what what skill did you did you have or where did you get that from? Because I'm sure the listeners are listening now going, hang on a minute, you moved to, to Mongolia from the USA, thousands of miles away. I don't think I could do that. So how could you inspire people listening to it to say, no, you could, and this is how? Sure, I'll, I'll jump in real quick and then uh, pass it off to Jeff. Uh, for me, I came from a very, very small town, a uh, very small community in Michigan in the United States. Uh, lovely place to go back to. I, I still have a lot of friends there. But as I was getting older, I noticed that most people, as I'm sure it's similar with most small towns uh, around the world, is a lot of kids went to the same college. Um, they moved back in a mile away from mom and dad. Um, and then like, nothing really changed. Nothing, like nothing, nothing changed. So when I was looking for colleges, I, I was looking for a college that had an education department and needed somebody at my weight class. Um, I was good, but I wasn't that good. And in Michigan, they only had division one schools or the biggest schools. So it kind of forced me to say like, okay, if I want to wrestle, I've got to move away from home. Uh, ultimately landed on a school in Minnesota, 12 hour drive from home. And so, you know, at the age of uh, 18, 
I had to move away from parents, move away from friends, move into something that was totally new and kind of establish myself. And for me, and, and I've had this conversation with some students a lot, it gave me the opportunity to present myself in a way that was more reflective of how I viewed myself. Uh, you know, when, when you go through high school and you've got your group of friends, um, your classmates are going to see you in a very particular way. And that might be who you are, and it might not, right? They might see you in a totally different light to how you believe you yourself to be, whether you believe yourself as a risk taker and your classmates see you as a shy kid who doesn't speak up much, or whether you believe yourself to be, you know, really uh, uh, athletic and smart, but you're like myself, my classmates saw me as more of the, the nerd, the nerdy kid who played the flute in the band, right? So um, by moving far away, I was able to just be who I wanted to be as corny and cliche as that sounds. And then as I was teaching in the States and thinking about, do I really want to move internationally? Do I really want to, you know, go to this place where I don't know anybody? Uh, it was kind of that, that happening all over again. Um, I had mentioned I got jobs because of connections I had in my reputation. And I wanted to go somewhere where I was getting the job based on me being good at my job, not because I knew somebody. Um, so it was kind of that same thing of, all right, I get to prove myself all over again. I get to just kind of shift again into being more who I want to be, you know, as a professional, as a person. Um, and so that's why I kind of took that jump and, and decided, you know what, let's do something crazy. Now, I've learned from a young age, you know, in Holland, it's very easy. You go to your high school, you go to work, and that's your life. And uh, I, from a young age, I always suffered a lot. And I knew at one day I wanted to make myself proud of who I am and my, my father and my uncle, who are two businessmen, and I look up to them. And, uh, you know, being from the Netherlands and in this world where you guys are from, from US, Australia, UK, I'm two points behind. And I know that. So I have to work double as hard. And, uh, you know, I'm not the smartest. Unlike CD, I'm not. But I can do one thing, and that's outwork everyone. So for everyone, if I can do it, anyone can do it. And uh, CD knows that. I put a lot of time in everything I'm doing. Um, and, you know, patience. You, should, you need to be able to watch grass grow. Just sit down and watch it grow. If you can do that, you can do anything you want. And uh, that's something I've learned even in the AD role. There's always something you can do better. There's always someone who will complain about something you're doing wrong, parents or students. But if you put the effort in, no one can tell you anything. Because you, if you put 100% effort in, then things will go wrong, but they go wrong. But no one can tell you, like you didn't try. Because I, I don't believe in that. You should always try to work as hard as you can. And that's just something I got from a kid. Uh, if you're being told in primary school, you're not good enough. You should go to a special school for special kids. At one point, something clicks. And you just like, screw everyone. I'm going to work and I'm going to show you. Um, so that's what I've done. And I think that's been, you know, with everything I'm doing right now and podcasts and my work and living overseas, that attitude has helped me a lot. And it can help anyone looking into a career in sports. You know, you don't have to be the professional athlete, like CD said. You can do something else. And that's what I've tried to do. I knew from a young age, I'm not going to be a professional athlete. Like Simon said, I got bored too fast. You know, I was playing baseball pretty high just too boring for me sitting down on a bench for a half the time and then go on. And I was like, do, let's do something else. And actually it helped me a lot, you know, doing multiple things, learning a lot of different skills and just, just go for it. And, you know, sitting, sometimes you have to be a bit lucky. 
just that's what that, that is life luck is part of it and but you can actually do something about that like showing up at 4 a.m was a bit of luck but it also just was because i learned those skills be there on time be there early and nothing will interfere with that you know if something if i would have spilled some coffee off my shirt i had time to go home and to get a new one um so it's those preparation skills that prepared me for everything um so you guys what is what are some of your goals for the podcast in the near future i would like to hear about that i think some of our goals is just to get the word out there as much as we can that if you want to be involved in sport and you're not a professional athlete there are still opportunities for you like you don't have to be confined to a set direction or a set pathway that if you really want to as you said like work hard for it you will find the opportunities. You'll find a way to, you know, not only survive, but thrive. You'll be able to make a career of it, get paid for it, be happy with it, okay? And then when you go home at night and you can feel fulfilled and satisfied, I think that's one of the goals that we want to get out. I think uh, the other thing we're really trying to get out is, is to kind of make everyone understand or help everyone understand that, again, PE is, is an important subject. It is a very important subject because we are teaching those attributes that have come up throughout this entire conversation. You know, that desire to want to prove yourself, that work ethic, which I think every person in this conversation has clearly got and is clearly shown time and time again, that, that work ethic. But also the, the attributes that translate into others, other things. Um, again, it's that resilience, that empathy, timekeeping as we've heard from, from, from Jeffrey um, and just to show everyone that you know if, 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 if you maybe aren't the best rugby player football player badminton player baseball player it, it doesn't matter it, it really really doesn't matter I mean um, some of the greatest coaches I ever had never made it professional because they had to look at it in a different way they had to look at it more technically they had to try harder because they weren't you know genetically predisposed to be the next Maradona um, I think he's a perfect example of one of the greatest players in the world ever, but couldn't coach, couldn't manage, uh, or not to any, any high level, because he didn't have to think about it in the same way we did. So anyone listening to, to our podcast who's, who's thinking, I'm not good enough, uh, I'm not as good as, uh, I can't make the A-team for, for rugby or football, therefore I can't enter this industry. We're hoping they're going to hear the podcast and hear that you don't have to. There, there are opportunities that go beyond your mere physical ability to play said sport. If you've got an interest, if you've got a passion, if you've got a desire, there is a direction for you in this industry. And we're going to do the best we can to signpost those directions, to give you a map to those directions, to those outcomes, and, and help you realize that you, know, you can achieve anything in this industry, but all you need is that desire and that work ethic. And we will hopefully help provide, as we've just said, the direction, uh, the, the roadmap to, to help you get there. Uh, and that's kind of what we, um, we, we, we kind of keep going back to. Whenever we start thinking about, I mean, we've not even started series one yet. We, we, we've been throwing around ideas for series two and series three, but we do just keep coming back to that point where we are providing direction. And that's, that's where the name Sporting Directions came from. We are providing direction to anyone that, that wants to enter this industry. 
Yeah, I, I just second that as well. Just exactly what Simon's saying and Tavis is saying really is that trying to get as many different sporting um, careers on our podcast as possible to show people that, you know, there are millions of them out there that perhaps you wouldn't even realise. You know, one of our guests, um, we, we're looking at getting a guest in who is involved in sports clothing. You know, a kind of situation where you're thinking, wow, I didn't even consider that that is, a, is an important aspect of sport. But it's huge. If you think about, I mean, we talked about um, tug of war today. We've talked about wrestling. We've talked about rugby. We've talked about golf. Think about the different sporting clothing that you need, the specialists, right? One incredible um, thing to talk about, that perhaps someone listening going, oh, hang on a minute, I, I quite like fashion or I'm into clothing, but I really like sport. That's one that they might not have even considered. That might be the spark that lights up in the head that goes, actually, I didn't even realise that was a path I could even go down, let alone listening to someone that's going to tell me how they did it. You know, so and there's hopefully lows that as our podcast grows, um, will will come out from that. So um, yeah, just to kind of reiterate both the points that Tavis and, and Simon made. So um, Jeffrey, Celia, really appreciate your time jumping in. What we like to do at the end of every podcast is we've got a an, a sentence that we like to ask um, our guests that we'd love you to ask in. I'll, I'll ask mine first. If if Jeffrey, you wouldn't mind answering it, and then CD, you can answer it after that, and then I'm sure Tavis and then Simon will jump in and uh, kind of round it off. But um, Jeffrey, just if you wouldn't mind going first, mine is always: what one sentence or phrase would you say you live your life by? I was wondering if you, if, if CD could go first, but I think I should go first. Um, <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. No, no worries, man. For me, it's 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 not like a sentence. It's it's more like when I'm old and I, I don't want to look back and if, if, if I just had, if I just had, if I just had this, done this, done this, you know, it's very easy yeah. to, to stay at a place and just live your life in a cycle, you know, and same over and over. And people are happy with that. I'm not judging that at all. For me, I just want to look back and I've pushed myself to the absolute limits of what I can do. And I can be happy with, with that. And as long as you do that, um it, you have to have the mindset for it i think you can reach anything you want uh, and if i can do it anyone can do it and that's something i share also in the in our podcast uh i don't talk much in a podcast my job is to ask the right questions but if i can do it anyone can do it and that's something that uh, a lot of our guests talk about too in our in their podcast the the, the messages that they share with us she and i've learned so much from that and i hope others too like i've if I look back, I was just reflecting this week and preparing for next year. The amount of stuff that I have in a folder from guests on the podcast that I'm using actually right now in, in our programs is, is amazing. And uh, it's making our lives much easier, our kids' lives easier, the coaches' lives easier. And I think we're also doing a great service for Mongolia in general, which is kind of the reason we started. CDC um, talked about educational-based athletics, which is... Not very good over here uh, on, on the local side of, of sports in Mongolia. So we try to just, you know, do our part and uh, be that one grain of sand that has an influence here, has a ripple effect in Mongolia. And that's just why we do what we do and we keep doing what we're doing. So uh, CD, now your turn, mate. All right. Uh, my one sentence, uh, I guess what came to mind is actually a tattoo that I have that says Amat Victoria Karam. It's Latin that roughly translates to uh, victory favors those who take pain. 
on a, uh, when you kind of analyze it or you look into like, okay, what does that actually mean? Uh, it means that winning isn't guaranteed, right? It's, it's going, you, sometimes you'll win, sometimes you'll lose, whether it's in sport or in life. Uh, but if you're willing to prepare and grind and have that grit that I think Simon mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, then the odds of you winning or the odds of you finding success go up. Um, so be willing to suffer a little bit and kind of put yourself through it. And like we mentioned, many of us, you know, Jeff showing up at 4 a.m., um, you know, all of us getting wearing a suit and tie, just be prepared. Right. And then you're more than likely to uh, to find that success. So that that would be mine. Amat, Victoria, Karam. Love that. Thank you guys so much. Um, thanks for answering that. I'm going to pass it over to Tavis. I know Tavis uh, has got a nice, interesting one for you. OK. Um, what strange habit or skill that you have that has helped you on your path or direction? So OCD. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am OCD with everything I'm doing. I've been, I got better at it because um, you cannot control everything. You know, there's things you cannot control. So learning to deal with that. But I, I just want to control everything. And if I'm doing something, I do it well. Um, like Simon and I have been in contact. You know, we make sure that we follow up. The time is correct. I'm just checking everything. Um, and this is, that's just me. Uh, I wash my hands 20 times a day. Maybe that's also part of it. But I think having that man self-management skills, like I'm not the smartest. I already said that. But management, I can do that. I know exactly what's going on from A to B, A to Z on a daily basis. And for me, it's OCD 100% <laughs> in, in a good way. Nice. Uh, CD? I don't know if it's that odd or that strange, but uh, I think just never taking myself too seriously. Um, I think that that gains a lot in in the kids' eyes, the kids that we deal with. When when you don't get when you don't stand up there and preach to them, but you actually talk to them, um, you know, you can you can make jokes about not having much hair on the top of your head. Um, then you're better suited to have those conversations about, hey, you should check out being taking this career path in terms of sports or giving them that advice on what university they should look into or what, what you think they should do. Or um, if you're constantly preaching at them and taking everything really, really seriously, then uh, it's going to turn off a lot of kids. So I think for me that that odd or strange habit would just be, you know, being able to just uh, kind of crack a joke, even at my own expense sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, just touching on what you just said, CD, I'm, I'm hoping that's the attitude uh, a lot of ADs are going to have after hearing our podcast. You know, why don't you go check this podcast out? You know, they're, they're giving you, you know, possible opportunities. So that's, that's another reason why we've kind of started this. Um, anyway, sorry, my, my fun question that I like to ask at the end of, of every session. So, again, back to the, the careers uh, side of things. If, if you weren't in the sports industry, you weren't doing a sporting career, what else do you think you might be doing right now? Oh, good one. Pete, <laughs> do you have one or not? Well, I mean, when you first started your question, I was like, okay, I would do this, I would do this, I would do this. And you said, well, if you're not in the sporting industry, like then it was like, I, I, I don't know. Um, okay, okay, let's bring it back. Uh, to I, I guess I, I enjoy writing. I, I, if I wasn't so involved in sports, um and i had more time uh i would i would love to write fictional novels about whatever um 
I've got a couple ideas that I've thrown around in my head. Um, probably will never happen, but uh, if I if I ever step away from you know weekends in the gym, then then maybe. So I guess that would be mine. Yeah, I got some time to think, but I don't think I have anything actually. I I doesn't matter what it is, but something connected to sports. It's just I like helping people and I like to see extreme people doing extreme things and just to be part of that uh just have that feeling of you know you're part of a big community doing something good for for people and I don't think I because because sports actually that's it's it saved me when I was a kid so I don't think there was anything else that I could have had the opportunity to live the life that I'm having right now it's because of sports that I am here that I learned English that I took that chance, took that gamble. So I, it's not the right answer, but I don't have an answer for you. I just, I don't think there was anything else. I probably would have worked with my uncle or something or my dad or some local job, you know, being in my little hometown, just living the cycle. And it's just, it wasn't for me. So it was a way out really. That's a great, um, that's a great one to end on to, to hear that sport has given you both direction and, and you see no other direction it, it just shows the power of this industry um so from 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 myself tavis and, uh, and gavin the sports direction team we'd just like to say gents thank you ever so much for taking part in this roundtable uh, conversation we, we've learned a lot and i'm sure anyone listening will have learned a lot as well yeah thanks yeah, a lot definitely. guys appreciate your, uh, your time yeah definitely same back to you guys and uh same guys. You know, best wishes i think what you're doing is is really important and really great so Thanks for having us on and thanks for coming on our show, I guess. It goes both ways. Yeah, thank you guys so much and I uh, wish you all the best with your with your podcast. We will heavily promote it. Uh, we will do everything to help you guys. Um, it's fun. It's fun to talk to these people and to learn from them. And like I, like I said, you drop your own ego, listen to these people and take points away from them. It's just what it's all about. And I've been really enjoying our podcast doing it and also listen to other podcasts. That's some amazing podcasts out there. Uh, I was just listening this morning to uh, Scott Garvis, CD, who has a new podcast, actually. Uh, these people are amazing, and they share so much that we can learn from. So drop your ego and listen to the podcast. So the Sporting uh, Direction podcast, right? I wish you guys all the best, and uh, I'm going to follow you guys and uh, share it. Thanks, guys. Uh, thank you very much, and congratulations, Jeffrey, on featuring in the DNA of AD's book that uh, just has just come out. So congratulations on that. Yeah, man, I just, I don't know what to say. I, I, I post that. It's like going to, you know, like you're saying, actually, do a job for in shorts and flip-flops. I felt like that, like, so out of touch. Um, so, yeah, you know, great to be it's very humbled. But, you know, you learn. It's all through our, through our podcast. We, we learn, you know, about Scott Garvis. And, you know, we asked him, get on our podcast. This is a guy who's huge in the U.S. And he just comes on and shares. So, you know, I'm just thanking everybody who's been our guests this year and last year to be our guests. And, uh, you know, we appreciate it. I think you guys do that too. We appreciate everybody who comes on and willing to share. It's not easy to share your stuff. I don't like it, to be honest, but uh, that's why I like to do a podcast and just talk to people, just ask them questions and instead of talking myself because I don't really like it. But uh, thanks again, guys. It's uh, highly appreciated. And uh We've gone over an hour already, which is amazing. Will be a great little podcast. And uh, thanks again. Definitely. Well, that thanks, guys, and uh, best of luck.